does one need to show up in order to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work? What are the practical skills and tools that boost one's practice of leadership in order to do that? These are the challenges that we as leadership practitioners approach every day as we observe and coach people in all kinds of roles, in all levels of organizations, and at organizations of various sizes. In this podcast, we'll share our experiences, the experiences of the people we support, and what we see as working. I'm Jonathan Rosenblatt. And I'm Marlene Jabrowski. Welcome to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. Hey, JR. Hey, Marlene. Last week, we were talking about who practices leadership or who could practice leadership. And we said this week, we were going to talk about where we can practice leadership. Mm -hmm. You and I have had, well, way back when, we were talking about the where of leadership. And you shared with me a set of assumptions that years ago you had brought to the space of leadership. So it's interesting because, and I love how you called it assumptions, because that's ultimately what it ended up being, though at the time it didn't seem like it. It really comes back to, or really came down to, I should say, this idea that whenever you see the word leadership, somehow, someway, and for whatever reason, it translated into, okay, well, this is at work. It's at the office or some sort of, you know, um, remember, this is corporate speak, right? So leadership equals what what we established last time was leadership equals title. Fine. Now we're continuing that and saying leadership equals doing it at work. And it kind of got me thinking, it's like, well, it can't just be at work, right? Because there's there's a need to do that in many different places, but that was the assumption that was coming up every time. And every time someone came in for a coaching session or, you know, would would reach out to get some help, you know, hey, I need some help developing my leadership. Every single time, it was all about developing my leadership at work. And then we would get into these conversations about helping them develop their leadership at work. And at some point, the aha would come in and be like, wow, I can use this stuff not at work. Like, you know, practicing leadership is or can be generic. Mm -hmm. I'm remembering that conversation when you and I first started talking about this because you said, well, you know, everyone assumes that leadership is at work. I did and say I was that. Like, I, and I was like, huh? What do you mean everyone? I don't. I think it's, again, it's one of those things where uh, my coaches and people I've supported over the years, their needs were not corporate, hmm. right? They, they might be, be social groups. These might be social activist groups. These might be community groups, uh, small businesses, uh, family businesses, uh, many of my, my clients over the years have been uh, teams, right? Like teams within organizations. And definitely in the last, you know, <laughs> many decades, those have been business. But the teamwork often touches on the way that leadership spills into people's everyday lives. Or, or more to the point, it, it's one of those skills that people use everywhere in their life, including at work. And so I was so surprised about that perception. And then I started, it helped me look at how my coaches who work corporate business, who are very much climbing that corporate ladder. And then I was like, yeah, they do share that assumption that this is an at work skill. 
And I thought that was a really cool insight that you created the opportunity for me to have, because then I was able to kind of hold that mirror up to some of those coaches and help them recognize, like they self-recognized how, how this, this was something that was more about how they showed up in the world and less about how they showed up as leader. And that actually helped untangle that unfortunate tangling that we were talking about in the last podcast, where people equate leadership with title. Mm-hmm. And of course, we, we know that leadership isn't about title. You can practice leadership regardless of your title. And in fact, even when you are titled, if you are not practicing modern leadership, there will always come a moment where someone who has a more advanced title. And so in order for these folks who are climbing that ladder to have that aha moment, it's almost as if they first had to have the aha moment that leadership is a way of being. It's a way of showing up as a person and creating those conditions for the people around ourselves to be the best versions of themselves. And that it's not actually about the power in the title. And if we mistake it for the power in the title, okay, there may be moments where that's entirely appropriate. And then there are other moments where if we're rigidly hanging on to that, we're going to lose the opportunity. And I have this really great, I think it's a really great example. Maybe we can talk about it, about how this works in terms of relationship to parents. So I, I'm thinking about the way that when we're kids, our parents do have a lot of power and they make a lot of the decisions. And when, when, I mean, you can talk probably about showing up as a parent, <laughs> um, you know, I've done like parenting. I've had, I've had children that I've taken into my life and cared for, for years at a time. And, and so have some insight into that, but I think you could go a lot deeper. And, and then I think now as my parents, like I'm caring now for elderly parents, how there's a lot of role reversal and where now they used to have a complete field of, of decision-making. And in some cases now, they're not positioned to be able to make those decisions in the way that they once did. Mm. And how these modern leadership this, the concept of modern leadership, practicing leadership in that zone has allowed me to help my parents in ways that maximize their autonomy within these situations where there's a lot of constraint and a lot of compromise. And it's helped that transition. And it's because leadership practice focuses on the creating the conditions and understanding where the other person is coming from rather than hanging on to the idea of power over. So that's sort of my, yeah, that's sort of my blanket understanding of, of how and why I think this, this could be, I don't know, so, so relevant and so important, so much more important than even just business. Well, and so, you know, similarly from a parenting perspective, right? Like, again, that notion of maximizing the autonomy and, and kind of creating those conditions. You know, I, I grew up in a relatively traditional household where there was that power over, you know, and my parents were my parents and, and from a respect perspective and from a, 
um, you know, simply knowing my place in the hierarchy, if you will, it was very much so you, you know, you're told what to do and you do it and you don't question it because you work with the intention or you, you work under the conditions that your parents have your best intention, intentions in mind. And that's what they're guiding you through. And it worked. It was great. Uh, certainly not saying that from a, from a complaint perspective, but where I, you know, where I do parenting a little bit different, especially in, in kind of knowing the stuff that we're talking about and applying those modern leadership practices, even to parenting. You're right. It goes back to helping or creating those conditions where the children can maximize their autonomy. So helping them learn how to make decisions or learn how to self-discover, you know, what is, you know, the best thing to do in a given scenario, um, exploring curiously and all that kind of stuff. Where technically, you know, we can go in there, my wife and I can go in there and just tell them what to do. They may or may not do it. But at the end of the day, like asserting that power over, will it get to the desired outcomes? Maybe. Will it maximize their autonomy? Probably not. Will it help them thrive? Will it help them increase their certainty in what they know in life or whatever? Probably not. So we kind of take a look at these modern leadership practices that, that we talk about with leadership practitioner, you know, in terms of the connecting and the empathizing, the, the exploring curiously with the kids, sharing information in such a way where they can think about how it is that they're going to go about their lives and then ex- and helping them experiment, right? So all of these things, I know for me, I learned later on in life. And, and so it was interesting where I kind of took off that lens of, hey, you know, practicing leadership is only done at work. And then I saw that as I as became a parent and I'm like, wow, it's the same, right? And then let's go even one step further, right? Where it, even in a relationship between, let's say you and your significant other, it's the exact same thing. It actually goes back to Marlene, something you were telling me when, um, when we were uh, recording Practicing Leadership today, uh, the course, and you, we were trying to think about how do we define the word organization? Because we kept saying practicing leadership in an organization. And that's when we, you know, we kind of started thinking like, yeah, this would be a really good time to define what organization is. And you had gone in and listed, well, you know, organization can be all of these things. You had, you know, you gave that list a couple moments ago. But one of the things that you said to me was, you know what, JR, like ultimately practicing leadership is is when you have two or more humans that together need to accomplish something. And I'm just like, wow. So if we take that definition of where, think about all of the different places or all the different scenarios in which you can apply that definition, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why my mind right away went to parenting. It went to relationships. It went to, I even think about sometimes where I would go to my my nephew's um, like sports events and stuff like that. And I'm watching the coach. And I'm like, wow, so is that coach like assuming authority and just telling the team what to do? Or is that an opportunity to practice modern leadership and help the kids learn why things should happen a certain way or what they should be looking at so that they can, that they can maximize their autonomy on the field in this case and you know, just know what to do without being told what to do? Mm-hmm. I think of... Someone in a group of people who has particular skill sets that they could share with the group. It's a group of peers. Maybe it's something social. I'm thinking like a backwoods camping trip. 
okay, you know, I'm talking about myself here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I go on this backwoods camping trip with the groups of friends. I used to do this quite a bit. Um, Not so much in recent years, but for a few years, this was my thing where I would take city friends and we would go off into Tomogamy or into Algonquin. And I, I think this is one of the first places I really started practicing modern leadership. And it was because I had to learn how to help a group of people with things that, I mean, obviously, if we got into serious trouble, we probably, you know, it wasn't, this wasn't like, like up the mountain where we were going to die if there was a, a problem. But it could have been pretty uncomfortable, right? There were instances where canoes were tipped. There were instances where the food ended up in the lake. There were instances where there was a bear. Oh, and boy. And I, you know, I grew up up north, up in the northern north, and I grew up camping all the time. So to me, these were skills that were quite natural, quite known to me. They were kind of in my bones. And I'm now with a group of people for whom... These are skills that are things that they're learning. And it could have been in those moments, particularly in those, let's just say those firefighting moments where I could have, and I often did until I learned not to, I could have stepped into it in a very authoritative way and said, okay, you, you, and you do this, you, you, and you do that. And there were moments where I think you know, that was appropriate. So, you know, when someone spilled into the lake in the early spring and the water was very cold, definitely I was more directive in getting the fire started. But I learned through these trips with my friends where if I really wanted to create the conditions where they would have that enjoyment and feel that autonomy and grow their own skills and feel supported, you know, by someone who absolutely is not their boss but is their friend and is inviting them to do something fun. (laughs) That sharing information, creating the conditions for co-creating experiments, approaching people from a point of view of who, who wants, you know, looking for opportunities of where there's willing and inviting people to co-create these paths together. It completely transformed these experiences of camping. I think of the the first trips I had to the last trips that I most recently have had and what a different experience they are. And to sort of go back to the, the conversation about with the parents, it's the same thing there, where the moment that people are confronted with something that previously like if, if these are self-assured, confident people, and now they're suddenly in a situation where they don't know what to do, right? So be this a group of urbanites who are now in the deep woods and, you know, a bear is coming <laughs> or, or parents who have lived, you know, extremely empowered and powerful lives of self-autonomy and creation and now find these, these physical constraints because of diminishing physical abilities and are having to make these transitions and having to depend upon people when they've never had to do that in their lives. To come in with that traditional leadership idea of where where that's the only tool in your toolbox, well, that really takes away how rich and beautiful these experiences could be when we come in with an intent to practice, you know, these modern leadership techniques that are about co-creating outcomes together. 
And I'm just really blown away in this last two years as I as as I've done a lot of parent support, how this has created a richness in my life just by being very conscious about practicing, you know, when grabbing for the tool in the toolbox. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of a moment where, where my, you know, my dad got confused about the, the internet uh, versus the power in the house. And I'm, I'm staying with them for a bit and, and he's turned the power off in the house because of increasing dementia. And going into that situation, inviting him to experiment with me, right? So he's in a different, he's literally in a different reality and he's literally solving a problem that from my perspective, that that problem doesn't exist, right? Like he's trying to solve, you know, he, he, in his mind, we're in a hotel and he's trying to solve some problems with this hotel. And in my mind, I'm in his house and I'm remote connecting to, to uh, a client meeting and he's turned off the power in the house. And I'm needing to solve this. And if I use these modern leadership tools, I can get through that crisis, which is truly a firefighting crisis. But I can get through that crisis with a kind of lightness and humor and and space, believe it or not, for increasing the connection between myself and my father in that state, even though that state is so alien from where I understand reality to be. Like, this is just this extreme example, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I loved about it, Marlene, and I'm, and I'm listening to the story, it, it really brought home this idea that, like, it, it literally just occurred to me as you were, you were saying this story, is that that's probably the difference between practicing leadership and uh, practicing power over, let's say, where there's a bi-directionality of it. Like, as much as you're creating conditions for co-creation, you're creating these conditions for people to thrive. But in turn, I should say in and in turn, you are getting something out of it also, right? You're, you're having this ability to go into it with a, with a mindset where, you know, you don't need to prove anything. There's an opportunity to look at the situation and, and you yourself learn from it. Um, you know, and, and learn how you can learn and improve from what's going on in the in the conversation. You could take away in, in like a sense of of getting clarity on what your intentions are, and and then using that to even further refine what your intentions are in the moment, um, and and ultimately creating the space even for you to learn how to respond differently rather than to react to the to the local situation that's in front of you. So it's it's interesting how I, you know I went even into this conversation thinking about leadership as you know as we we always talk about is creating the context for others. The part that occurred to me as I'm listening to the conversation was that it's also us thriving as the the those who are practicing the leadership or the leadership practitioners in this case you know you're you're getting something back from the fact that you're choosing to practice leadership practice this kind of modern leadership practice a leadership in which it creates these conditions for co-creation you get something out of that too and it sounds you know forget sounds it feels awesome to be able to engage in that because then it's not just this transactional way of of interacting with other humans, right? Like there's there's that that connection piece you mentioned in a moment ago. There's that connection piece that truly then makes everybody the best versions that they can be. That's 
you know, so cool. Mm-hmm. I to, to just really zoom in in this example of that moment, right? I, I think of, I think I really often return to that picture that we have. We have these pairs of pictures in, in our Practicing Leadership Today course where we talk about the choices that we make, you know, uh, as people moving between traditional leadership and modern leadership. And we, we talk about it as this bridge and that there, it's not that there's a, a correct answer, but that there's different return on what we choose to do. So you can choose to sort of be on the bridge in the middle. You can choose to be more on the side of practicing leadership in any particular moment. You can choose to be more traditional leader in any particular moment. And we, I'm thinking of that exercise we do with our, our students where we ask them to look at these pair of pictures. And one is the picture of the firefighter putting out the fire. Hmm. And the other is that that cool blue picture of the iceberg where you can see the tip of the iceberg and then you see the the bulk, the the enormity of the iceberg under the water. And we use that metaphor of the iceberg and the practicing leadership as, as our practicing leadership metaphor. And we use the firefighting as the traditional leadership metaphor where the traditional leader shows up and has the answers and in a fire is invaluable because they can go in and they're, they're that skilled firefighter and they can put the fire out. And of course, and there are moments in life where you want that. Of course. And then absolutely. And moreover, it, to be that kind of traditional leader, the more effective you, you are, more effective, the more skilled you are. Right. So it's a way of using those skills in a very, very direct particular way in a fire. And, you know, that's who I want to come and put a fire out in my house. I want there to be trained firefighters who have these skills because I need them to know what to do very quickly. And yet, when I'm open to that mindset of practicing modern leadership, even in crises, I still have choice. So that moment with my father where, you know, he's inadvertently, well, he's very deliberately turned the power off in the house because he's solving a particular problem in his mind. Um, and I've got people online and, you know, I, so I've got, you know, 65 people who suddenly I disappear from the seminar that I'm leading and I've got to get the internet back on and I've got to, you know, engage with where my dad's coming from and we've got to figure out a whole bunch of things all at once. and. Yet in my choice to co-create the solution with him in that moment, rather than be very directive, only very directive, let, let, let's be super clear here. There was definitely some direction being given. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was not on, you know, I was not on one side of the bridge or the other. I was back and forth across that bridge a lot, very fast. Yet in understanding even in that moment, through through the practice, we talk a lot about how practice makes perfect. Now, I, I'm not claiming perfect, <laughs> but what what that practice has helped me do is understand that even in those moments, there are choices. And in choosing to show up at least a little bit on the side of that cool blue iceberg, where I'm interested in and I'm curious about all of that stuff, like what's going on for my dad? you know, under the water that I can't see, that I don't understand. And where is he coming from? And what's motivating him and reaching out and making that connection? 
even in that firefighting moment, which it needed to be because, you know. You have 65 people waiting for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yet by leaning into some co-creation in that moment, I actually learned something about my father's inner world that I, I would have missed. I would have gone through my life and there would have been this incredibly precious moment that I would have missed. And so that idea that you, you were talking about just a bit ago, about how this gives something to us when we choose to show up as leaders in this way, even in the crises, you know, as, as much as is reasonably possible, we literally get more from life. Mm -hmm. More from life, more from connection, more from each other. Yeah, there's a richness there that would have, like the iceberg under the water, would not have been visible to us. So this is, this is my, I don't know, as, the more I practice this approach, I'm going to say approach to living, <laughs> approach to leadership, approach to living, the richer my life becomes. Yep. I can say the same thing, you know, when, when I practice the, that with the, the kids, you get to learn so much of how they see the world and, and where they're at. And, you know, there, there have been many times where, you know, I kind of take a step back and I think to myself, I'm like, wow, either I have forgotten the more simpler things of life. And then you have this gigantic smile on your face because it's like, you know, it's been like 30 something years since I saw something that way, because they're living in a life completely different than, than how I grew up. Just seeing the world from, you know, that other perspective, going beyond my own context and into theirs, um, it was, has just, it has enriched me both as a parent and also as a, as a participant on earth, I guess, if you will, because they see things differently. Like, I mean, we, we, we talk about so many times about a beginner's mind or a child's mind and stuff like that as a, as a mindset. Yes, it is that you can you can choose to adopt, but the what I'm learning is that it's more than that. It's actually, you know, this this idea of helping them discover what's in what's in their mind. It wouldn't really, it's actually helping yourself discover what could be in your mind if you just looked at it in others. And that's that notion of co-creating the way forward. And you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. So I I adopting this idea that you can practice leadership anywhere. And in this case, we're talking about the, the modern leadership we're talking about here, um, creating those conditions for co-creation. It's like you said, it's a choice. Uh, and, and what my hope is my aspiration for everyone listening or everyone that's, um, you know, considering different places where one can practice leadership is to look for those opportunities of different places. Right. So that you can continue growing that list of, Hey, I can choose to practice leadership here, 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 and here and look for opportunities to increase the list of places uh, to practice leadership. And the more we practice it, the more we make these tools our own. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. We invite you to share your thoughts on this episode and your thoughts on how you practice leadership. Join us in the Leadership Practitioner Connection, our community of like-minded practitioners who aspire to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work. You can find it at leadershippractitioner.org slash connection. Mm -hmm.